0: Hello and welcome to the Transformed Podcast, a podcast where we discuss things to help us live our lives better today than we did yesterday and to live tomorrow better than we did today. As always, I'm your host, Caleb Rutherford, and I am so thankful that you are with us today for this brand new season of the Transform podcast underneath the umbrella of the Scattered Abroad Network. It is crazy to think that we are on year number two, starting season number three. I know it's a little bit confusing, but we'd run two seasons a year. Um, we have basically January through uh, this through May, I guess, then we take June, July off, and then we're August through December. So season one, season two, we are now kicking off season three. It is crazy to think that we are already here. Um, It's also amazing to think about the support that we have gained over the last 12 months of launching. And I just want to express my deepest appreciation and gratitude as a director of the network, um, that I am so thankful to you um, for listening for your continued support, we surpassed 45,000 downloads over the course of last year, and that just, that blows our mind. We were um, thinking that it would be great if maybe we hit, I don't know, 10,000 downloads in one year, Um, and yet here we are. Um, Obviously, by the grace of God, all glory goes to Him. We're just individuals who are trying to do all that we can to give Him the glory and to spread the borders of His kingdom, and yet we're so thankful for the avenue of technology and what we're able to do. We're so excited. Uh, We've got a lot of great stuff coming up this year here at the Seattle Broad Network, three new podcasts that are coming out. Um, I don't believe you've heard any of them yet, but you will be hearing those. We've also done a lot of work on our joint podcast, the podcast that comes out every single uh, first Sunday of the month. Um, And that came out a couple of days ago. And we if you watched the video, we we did a lot of emphasis on video work this year, um, or for this particular podcast. So go check that out on YouTube. Um, You can find us under the scattered abroad network and we, we're just excited for all the things that we uh, have going on. We're a very busy network, um, and I uh, j- just hope that you're along for the journey. Uh, this is your first time being introduced to us, or this is a, the, your first little bit of exposure to the S.A.N. or to my particular podcast, the Transformed Podcast. Thank you so much for being with me. Um, I'm excited to just kick off this season. Uh, before I do that, I just want to say a big thank you to Michael as well, Michael Clark, the host of the Far Better Podcast. His podcast comes out tomorrow. He and I have been doing a lot of work on this network together, and we're just just so thankful to be where we are at, and I'm excited to dive in with you. I want to begin by kind of introducing our season, this particular season, season number three of this podcast, and I want to talk about this idea, this theme of Christian living, and in particular, what exactly is Christian living? Um, What I want to do over the course of the next few weeks is I want to actually kind of really kind of camp out um, for this season in the book of Second Peter's, particularly chapter one. And I want to look at what we oftentimes call these Christian graces. Um, they are essentially characteristics, things that you and I as Christians should implement into our lives um, to be the best that we can be. And when we implement them into our lives, they will help us make better decisions and have a better thought process as a Christian. When I talk about this idea of Christian living, you and I understand that we are supposed to be different from this world. Our lives are supposed to be different. They're supposed to look different from those in this world. In fact, I think about Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 2, where the Bible talks about this idea of not conforming, but transforming. I think about 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, where it talks about how we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. And we've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hebrews 11 and verse 13 how we are called strangers and pilgrims. I think about the song that we sing in our worship assemblies. This world is not my home. I am just passing through. So all of that being said, let me ask this question. How, how do you and I live in a world where we simply don't belong? Well, insert this passage, 2 Peter 1, 1 through 1-11, and I want to kick off this series today by really introducing and kind of laying the groundwork, laying a little bit of foundation, um, and then each week we will continue in this study um, as, as we get through this season, and then we will conclude everything by asking the question, why? Why is a study like this important? Why would we even look at passages like this? As we kick things off, I want to talk about this idea first off of this idea idea of building blocks though. When I think about these Christian graces, I can't help but think about how they all, um, they, they all kind of have something in common. And I say that by saying this, first of all, when you think about these building blocks, think about this as a process. First Peter chapter two and verse two, the Bible says, Peter's speaking. And he says, as newborn babes, we desire the pure milk of the word that notice this. He says, you may grow thereby." I don't want you to expect to have all of these things in your life tomorrow, that as soon as you study, as soon as you read, as soon as you put these things into action, that immediately you're going to have perfected everything. That's not how it works. When you and I look at the life of a Christian, we understand that it is a growth process. We understand that it has to take time. That's why I have, that's why, that's why I'm talking about this. It's this idea of a process. It is going to take time for you to grow within this idea of these Christian graces. The second thing is this, I want you to notice this, that each of these characteristics, they build upon one another. This is not something where you and I can just pick and choose out of these Christian graces what we want to add into our lives and what we don't want to add into our lives, and then we will still be able to be pleasing to God. That is not how it works. You cannot have one without the other. They all complement each other and they make you the best that you can be. When you look at this, understand I have to add all of these things into my life and I must be diligent in exercising every single one of these things into my daily decisions and thoughts. The third thing is this as we continue through this idea of our building blocks as we begin, I want you to pray to God for help. I want you to pray to God for help. You know, prayer is something that is so underused, something that is so underutilized. It is literally our open line of communication to our creator. He has talked to us through his word. We can talk to him through prayer. Ask him to help you. 1 John 5 and verse 14 talks about the confidence that you and I can have in him. That if we ask, notice this, anything according to his will, he hears us. Do you think that it is according to his will to ask him to help us within these Christian graces and to add them into our lives? Absolutely. It is 100%. But then the last one is this. I want you To think about your brothers and sisters. If you're a Christian, I want you to think about your spiritual family, and I want you, as someone, to be able to look at them for encouragement. Hebrews 10 and verse 24 talks about the idea of considering one another in order to stir up love and good works. Build and strengthen relationships within your church family. Build and strengthen those relationships and the friendships that you have with Christians. Squash, get rid of, negate, Throw it out, any kind of division, any kind of strife. Look for opportunities to unify yourself with your brothers and sisters. And I promise you, it will help you and it will make you so much better. I want to look at a little bit of background of the book of second Peter as we begin. And I want to specifically talk about the author here for just a moment. Now, you probably could have guessed it. If I were to ask you the question, who wrote the book of second Peter, what would you say? Well, I think you would say Peter and specifically Simon Peter. Now it's interesting because his name was actually and originally Simon. In John chapter 1, verse 42, the Bible says that Jesus looked at him talking about Peter. He said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah, and you shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. So we understand that he oftentimes uh, goes by the name Peter, though he was originally someone who was named Simon. His home was in Capernaum. We can read that in Mark chapter 1, verse 29. We also understand this. His occupation, his job was what? Well, it was a fisherman. And here's an interesting side note. When you look at Matthew chapter 4, and verse 18, it talks about his brother, Andrew. Andrew was with him. Now here's an interesting thought about Andrew. Andrew is probably one of the unsung apostles of the new Testament. We really don't know a whole lot about him. In fact, he's only really mentioned twice within the new Testament, but here's what I find so interesting. When you look at Andrew, he's only mentioned twice, but both times that he's mentioned, he is talked about in the idea, in the realm of bringing someone else to Jesus Christ. Friends, I hope you and I understand that it is not all about glory. In fact, it is never about glory. It is not all about trying to get our name known among all men, but rather it is all about bringing other people to Jesus Christ. And I hope that that would be our goal in this life. We understand if you go back to thinking about this idea of our background of the author, Peter, he was someone who was married. Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 through 15 talks about how his mother-in-law was ill. She was sick, and so Jesus went into went into to heal him. Now, interestingly enough, this disqualifies him from being the first Pope, doesn't it? Roman Catholics claim that Peter was the Pope, but they cannot rightly make this claim because a Pope cannot be married. And thus he is disqualified being being from that. And so you see the inconsistency there in Roman Catholicism. He was also an elder, Titus chapter 1 and verse 5, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. He understood the importance of church leadership and what all of that meant to almighty God. Now, who was he? Who was Peter? Well, a couple things. Number one, if you notice from our text here in chapter, chapter uh, 1 and verse 2, or chapter excuse me, chapter 1 and verse 1. Talks about this idea of being a bond servant, and yet also an apostle. You see, Peter knew exactly what it meant to serve, didn't he? Peter knew what it meant to serve because he was serving Jesus. Jesus was the greatest servant. Mark ten and verse forty-five. The Bible says that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. I think about individuals in our lives. I think so many people want a quote unquote, title by their name. People want a PhD by their name or a doctorate or an MD or some kind of letter by their name. But friends, how about having the title servant by our name? Jesus was a servant. Now, he also says, though, in this text that he, that he, Peter, was an apostle. Now, let's talk about this. Who can be an apostle? When you look at Acts chapter one, you look at verses 21 through 26. There were very specific qualifications of being an apostle. Jesus has just ascended into heaven. They are looking to replace Judas and they understand that they cannot just pick any random person off the street. It had to be someone who met specific qualifications. People today claim, oh, I'm an apostle. Oh, I'm an apostle. Oh, I'm an apostle. No, you're not. Why? Well, because of these three things. An apostle had to be someone who was with Jesus Christ during his earthly ministry. They had to be an eyewitness to his resurrection. And then they also had to be appointed by himself. Thus, Peter fulfilling all three things. He was an apostle, but I think more importantly, he was a servant because he understood what he needed to do. Now, we could talk about this idea of the audience. To whom was Peter writing? Well, he's writing to Christians, and I bring this up because he's specifically talking about who? The Jews, but notice this, and the Gentiles. Now, why is that important? Well, we know the Jews and the Gentiles have hated each other. We know that they could not stand one another. In fact, if you go to Acts chapter 13, you look at verse 44 and verse 45, the Bible says that on the next Sabbath, notice this, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. Both Jew and Gentile, the whole city are coming together to hear the word of God. But here's the sad part, verse 45, but when the Jews saw the multitudes, saw everybody, also the Gentiles. Notice how they reacted. They were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. I want you to notice two things that happen here. When the Jews are so blinded and so hard-hearted by the Gentiles, notice two things happen. Number one, They're filled with envy. They are so jealous that the Jews, that the Gentiles are there. They are so filled with hatred that they're filled with envy. And they say, we can't stand it, that the Gentiles are here. But then number two, notice this, because of their envy, because of their hatred, it makes them oppose the thing spoken by Paul. They were so blinded by the Gentiles being there that they then began to oppose the things spoken by the apostle Paul. But you and I know that according to Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, the Bible says that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, Paul is speaking, for it is the power of God, notice this, to salvation for everyone who believes. But then he gets specific, doesn't he? He says to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel is for every single person. Now, time period, and this is the last thing that we'll talk about today. Next week, we'll get into some more of the text, and we'll continue to go through uh, this thought process here. The last thing I want to point out uh, with this idea, though, is this. It was written in 65 AD, and I bring that up because, and again, I think this is significant because one year before 64 AD, what happened? In 64 AD, that was the the time period of the burning of the city of Rome. What happened? Well, Nero, the emperor there, blamed it on the Christians. Thus, it heightened their persecution, and it made their lives so much more difficult. I want you to try to comprehend the difficulty of the time period in which they are living and how difficult it must have been for them. We will continue to move through verse 1 next week as we go through our study here of First Peter chapter or Second Peter chapter 1. I'm so glad that you're with me for this study. I hope that you're excited. We're going to just simply walk ourselves through this text and I'm excited to do that with you. Don't forget. As always, you can go to our show notes below for all of the things that you need to find about um, this particular podcast or about our network. Um, And so if you need to know any any of that information, do that. Find us on social media. All those things, all the goodies are in our show notes below. Again, thank you so much for listening to this particular podcast. Go check out everything else at the Scattered Abroad Network. And as always, may God bless you.